Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the best new host and podcast show, The Con and Man's Answer Show, live every week. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to me on your favorite streaming platform to stay up to date with the show. This is episode 48 with my good friend Sal. He's a writer for Smash Magazine. He's an official Dr. Pepper, Pepper Pack ambassador, and an EGOT winner. Take a listen. I can still? Not anymore, no. All right, welcome, cool. welcome Salvatore, my very close friend. Third time on the podcast. Welcome back. Co-host at this point, but thank you. No, you said last time that I didn't post that you didn't want to be a co-host. Do you remember that? Yeah, but you know, like, did King Arthur really want to become king? No, he just pulled the sword out and the, you know, the power was bestowed upon him. So true. I'm just sort of in the same book. You know, I will say this though. The podcast has changed tremendously since you've been on last. Oh yeah. No, I've, I've, uh, I've seen, you know, it's like professional now. It's something. Oh. Yeah, why, it's did, something. <laughs> why did you make the Yeti like upside down like that? What do you mean? Just the way it's like currently hanging. Yeah. I've never seen a, someone use a Yeti upside down before. Um, with the caster setup, I believe that's the way it, it's supposed to hang because it's like, I can't rotate this bar upside down. And like the way the desk mount is, I want to say this is correct. I've seen a lot of people, um, it's going to fuck up my audio, but I'll, I'll do it a little bit. I've seen a lot of people like swing the mic out. Oh fuck. My whole filters on it. I'm not going to fuck with it. But anyway, I've seen a lot of people have this facing this way. Yeah. Like the whole mic setup's rotated. Uh, picture this, this circle going that way. So it's rotated like 180 degrees. So it sticks out even further from the arm, but because of my, my setup and like my desk uh, space, it's just easier for me to have it kind of folded inward, yeah. which I mean, I don't know. I think it looks better to me anyway. Um, other than like, cause it's like you have this big long arm and this oblong like shape, like sticking off of it even further. And then just like the mic dangling, this kind of keeps everything in, a, in like a batter's box, if you will. But I don't know. I mean, it's, if it works, it works, right? Fuck it. No. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, this is the one that comes with the condenser podcast Mac that I have. Um, I have two of them and I hate these things because they're good for music making, I would say, but like, I like this. The only problem I was going to say I have with that is like your face is covered. Like, so you look like you're doing a radio show. You know what I mean? Right. That's yeah. I mean, you know, I, I just bought this because I don't know. I, I haven't, I had yet to see anyone online and I'm sure there's thousands of people. I just hadn't seen any, I hadn't seen anyone with a, uh, like a foam, like pop filter windscreen, like over the mic itself. I've always seen people with pop filters on these. So I just bought a pop filter. Like this one was like 20 bucks and it's like, it's got like, uh, like metal. It's pretty much made of mm -hmm. metal. As well as like the little like mesh. So I don't know. It's, yep. uh, yeah, pop filters are necessary because even I catch myself once in a while here and go, you know, like. Yeah. But off of that, everybody's like, "Why are we talking about microphones right now?" Yeah, sorry, yeah. we're just nerds because this is what we do. But how you been? So I haven't really like chatted with you like face to face like this in a while. How you been? Uh, I've been good, man. I've been hanging in there. Uh, you know, surviving, living out here, rocking in the free world. Oh shit! What about yourself? How you been? Um, I feel like I've been good. Uh, I miss podcasting. I haven't really had time to do a lot of episodes like I wanted to because football has been taking up a lot of my life. But you know, I, it's it's a real um, how do we say this? It's a real priority check, I guess. It's because like I always forget that like my life is consisted of uh, many things that's like simultaneously, right. and and now it's like I only have a certain amount of time for each thing that I love. So what's drastically important in my life right now is school and football and podcasting is something that I do love and I want to get more into and everything, but that's, you know, not the necessary and proper thing right now to cite the yeah. U S constitution. Yeah. It's taking a backseat. Um, yeah. Yeah, podcasting's taking a backseat for me as well. Um, however, it's, you know, it, unfortunately, the things currently in the driver's seat are things that I don't care about in life, like work and uh, yeah. errands and chores and just shit that I need to do. Yeah. So that's cool. But I'm, I'm glad we're here now. And, uh, you know, hopefully we find something <laughs> worthwhile to talk about. Otherwise, <laughs> this episode might end up like some of the other ones we've done. Very much recycled.
No, I don't think that's true. I've I've developed a certain skill that I think. <laughs> I have a oh, definitely. Set, I have a specific set of skills. Oh yeah, this is Liam a- Hensworth or Liam Nielsen. 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 Yeah. 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 We're we're hitting a fucking grand slam with this one, so let's get it started. Um, yeah, no, like it's weird, like talking to you right now about this because, like, I'm in podcast mode, and so I'm like, I have my like set of like the way I speak to people when I'm on these podcasts, like people who I just had a virologist on, or um, like certain people, like because I'm the the countless guests that I've been having on are all like really like around 30 K, you know? So it's like the way I speak to them is differently than the way I speak to you. So it's weird. Like me, like in my podcast mode speaking to you, because when we, when I started this, like I was just like a guy with a mic talking to my friend, you know? Right. Uh, also, uh, I like how you say, uh, the countless guests as if I couldn't easily count them. (laughs) There's 50 of them. Then there you go. They've just been counted, yeah. So <laughs> I was gonna say I thought we were on like forty-eight or some shit like that, but you know, I would say countless because it's hard for me to remember every episode. Like, I'll, occasionally I'll catch like one of my friends or someone I know watching one of the episodes, like twenty or something, and I'm like, oh, that was a good talk, you know, because I can't remember all of them. I really remember the ones I recently did. And so my friend right now, actually, Matt, who's in the other room, is watching my episode with John Gay, which is actually my most popular episode on YouTube. If you guys are listening, go check that out. Um, but it's about – he was a – he's a visionary artist, and he's very heavily articulate on psychedelics and things like that. So it's a very interesting episode to talk to somebody like that who creates this unimaginable, unimaginable beautiful art through a – lens of someone who's lived a life that i've never even like touched like dipped my toe into you know right well i think that's just yeah i have no idea what you're saying you're just like gone like i cannot hear you at all are you listening at all yeah um can't hear you at all Um, we were talking about how <laughs> we were talking about how people explore different avenues of life, and that's why yeah. uh, that's why conversations are necessary to be had, and that's why you're the necessary person to be having them, Colin. I don't know if I'm necessary. I just know that I'm someone who did it. You know what's know. been fascinating me, Sal? What uh, fascinates me is how people are fascinated with me. Um, like people like will hit me up and people will like, like the amount of just like views and like in streams that I have on my podcast, like it's unimaginable like that, like, like, and it's not even close to like a lot, a lot, you know, like, like the numbers that I really can't imagine, but it like, for me, like seeing the like numbers that like I hit, like on like just one app alone, it blows my mind. Like, like I'll give you an example. I don't know what it is now, but like two weeks ago, I before the fight, I was like just like checking my stats for Apple Podcasts and Spotify, mm-hmm. and I was on Apple Podcasts, and and for the last day, right, the that last day, um, I had sixty four hours of listeners, sixty four hours of listeners in a day. Well, first off, Helen, uh, it's because of your guests. Nobody cares about you. Second, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I think the thing with you is is you're really good at what you do and you carry very good interviews. And, yes, the guests certainly help uh, get people's foot in the door. But, you know, for me personally, and I'm sure a lot of people are this way, if I listen to one podcast that I like, I'm going to scroll through that person's podcast, whether he, she, they, them, you know, dog, cat, whatever, and I'm going to find other interviews with other people that I think are interesting. And I'm going to say, yeah. oh, I need to listen to this person. Uh, so, you know, one, one thing always does lead to another in that situation. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's just a very, very common thing, and which is good. You know, it's not a bad thing to have your numbers kind of skyrocket, especially past your own expectations. Yeah. Um, it's just like my friend put into perspective for me, like, I kind of have a responsibility in what I say now. Um, 
right. there are people, there are kids listening to me. Um, I don't know what what a kid's doing listening to a podcast, but you learning. Know, I uh, I have a responsibility to not just say dumb shit. You know, uh, I, right. I have a res- like. It, it's put things into perspective. The first time that I really realized it was someone clipped something I said and sent it to me. And we're like, this isn't good. <laughs> and I was like, that is not good. That is posted on YouTube. Um, oh, yeah. Like, like just uh, something that could like be easily taken out of context. Well, it was like, it wasn't like I was like doing anything wrong, but I was just like, underage speaking on doing things when i was underage you know what i mean and so it was like are you promoting underage uh intakes of drugs no i'm not no i'm not but like it could be easily taken because it's something i did on episode 15 is nothing compared to what i'm going to do on episode 470 you know so right when you move up to the real drugs (laughs) episode 470 Enough about me, Sal. 50 past, 50 past when you should be doing the drugs. <laughs> what have you been? Doing what, what uh, what it, no, what were you going to say? No, I was, uh, was going to say, say you go on. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been like fantasizing about in a good way lately? Like what have you? <laughs> I can't be serious with you. Uh, what have I been fantasizing, fantasizing about in a good way lately? Uh, no, I'll take this one seriously. I'll take this one seriously. I I'll hope leave, so. I'll leave all the chains and leather out of this one. Um, I, you know, obviously, I, I own this rig for a reason. You know, I've been planning on starting my own little thing, and I've been wanting to get that off the ground. But like, dude, like it's just. Oh man, uh, dreams and aspirations are one thing, but you gotta meet you gotta meet yourself halfway. You know, it's it's one thing to dream it; it's another thing to do it. And you know, it's it's really how ha- coming up with ideas is half the battle, and the other half is all in execution. I haven't yeah. had time to execute, so right now, I mean, fantas- my my aspirations and goals and what I'm working towards it's just like it's all up in the air still. And I really hate that because I hate the uncertainty and I hate the not knowing because that's what uncertainty means. Um, but you know, I've just been working and, and just literally doing the same old thing I was doing on episode like 20 or whatever episode I was on. Actually it was 20. I remember that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's, uh, I'm still trying to, I'm still writing for the magazine. So that's awesome. Um, still just trying to find breakthroughs in the industry. Um, it's getting to the point where I'm beginning to be able to starting to reach back out to, uh, promotional companies and, and, uh, and things like that locally in town. Um, just trying to see if there's any job opportunities available because for a while it's like, you know, I didn't want to come off as I, I've always wanted to come off as persistent because persistence is not a bad thing. Persistence shows enthusiasm. It shows work ethic. It shows drive, but it's like, I also don't want to come across as that guy that doesn't understand that we're in a pandemic and right now everyone is, is grabbing at straws and, mm-hmm. and I don't want to come across and be like, Hey guys, job for me. Right. It's like, no dickhead. Like yeah. you know, the world is on fire. So, I, I really had to lay off the gas for a little bit, but you know, things are, uh, it's, it's time to be a little bit more persistent with it. And, you know, I don't know. I'm sure in the next six months I'll have uh new leaves overturned and, and new fresh fun things to talk about. But, uh, you know, it's been a year and, and, you know, yeah. I still have this on my desk for those of you listening to the uh, audio podcast. It's a mask in my hand. So, yeah, you know, same boat that everyone's in. I'm a, I'm a normal <clears throat> ordinary person, a lot smarter than most people. I think that is a is a good way to introduce our sponsor, Trojan. No, <laughs> oh, I've never used that sponsor. What do they do? Um, no, but actually, sponsors is a. Before I get into what I was going to say about what you just said, so I digress a little bit. I'm going to have Chris's little solar company sponsor my podcast, and so each he's going to pay me a certain amount for each episode I do for every time I introduce his company, and every single one I. Uh, every single person that I lead to him, I get a little bit of the commission. So, um, there you go. It, Chris is, if you guys are listening to this podcast, you already heard me sponsor Chris's um, solar company. So go check him out, Christopher Palchetti, solar salesman. Um, right. how, how many lamps? Break. How many lamps do you have on you right now? Lamps. 
Yes. How many lights are currently on you? I only have one lamp on me right now. Okay. Electronics. Electronic lights. Electronic lights. How many sources of illumination? Six. Six. See people at home? You see how good the lighting is? You like that lighting? All that's powered by solar. I don't know the name of Chris's company off the top of my head, but boom. Name drop. Ad read. Um, But no, back to what you were just saying about you podcasting and everything. I really... The last few months, what I've been realizing is like... So my friend um, Noah is starting a podcast about... um, him and his friends are starting it and about uh, the underdog. And so they're bringing on people they know about um, and like having them tell their underdog story. And they know some really important people. And so I plugged their podcast and, you know, I want to be a network kind of guy who can get other people started in their own niche. Cause I, I feel bad because everyone, like when they're starting a podcast, they have like a niche and everything. And, you know, like they want to go into a specific genre and I don't have a genre. I kind of just, right. I kind of just like bring people on and talk to them. And I, I guess, I guess you could kind of like clump me with the Joe Rogan podcast. It's kind of in that category, society and culture kind of area. And of Mm. course I talk about philosophy and podcasts a little more because I mean philosophy and politics, because I'm kind of like, that's my frame of education, but I don't really have, it's not really a podcast. It's just kind of like a conversation. And so what I want to do for people is, help people start their actual podcast, you know, about something that they're actually important about. So I'm guessing you would do something with music and you would talk to people like you were talking about last time and he wants to do this underdog. So one of the things I want to get to is when this, this, as this podcast that I'm, this show that I do keeps growing, I want to start a bigger business to where I can help people create their own shows and have them underneath my show. That'd be super dope. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Build your whole little network out. I mean, for me, you know, like it's, it's sort of like Seinfeld in my mind. It's like the show worked for so long because it was a show about nothing. Mm-hmm. It was a show about nothing. It was only there for, I believe nine seasons and it's still the number one show syndicated worldwide still to this day. I mean, I believe the show ended in like 98, 99. I want to say 99's right. I could be wrong. Um, but you know, yeah, 20 years later, here we are. So I don't know. I, I think that for some pod, it works for some, it doesn't work for others. Some podcasts, you should have a niche. You should have, you know, uh, a general theme to the podcast, something that every episode is about. Um, and then I think others, if you just want to shoot the breeze with some cool people, I think that's, that, that shouldn't be, uh, frowned upon or anything you know, it's like, I don't ever want to be in a position where I have an opportunity to interview somebody that's really cool, but I'm like, Oh man, I don't think that would really fit with my, my targeted audience. So I, I got to turn that one down. You know, it's like, I, I don't think anyone like Joe Rogan or, or even people in the radio industry, like Howard Stern, for example, would be anywhere near successful if they limited themselves to that capacity. And I'm not trying to throw shade on anyone that is trying to do that because yeah. I listen to those kind of podcasts. You know, I love, some some podcasts like uh, my favorite murder, for example, is one that jumps to mind. Is is the true crime one? It's like uh, things like that are awesome, and if that's something you want to pursue, do it, and you can be very successful with it. I don't know. For me though, it's like maybe it's just the ADD in me is is speaking out because I have such a hard time staying focused and paying attention on one thing that you know I just want to have a, a big mixing pot of people and uh, just see where everything goes and throw shit out and hope it sticks. Yeah. Um... I think that's an important distinction to make with this. Uh, I don't think people listen to my podcast because of me. Um, and I don't want to be condescending like when I say that because like, or like um, too humble when I say that because I obviously they're coming back because it is my podcast and I'm have a little bit of part of it. But I think it's the fact of how smooth it flows. So one of the cool things that I've been noticing just like with, everything is like when I talk to someone I don't know, who's like super big in one area, they'll be like, wow, you're like, have all these like questions. Like I'm just, and I just say, I'm just a curious person. Like that's all it is. Like I just want to naturally know. And they always tell me like, Oh, they go on shows and stuff. And like these people have like specific questions they're going to ask. And it's just like drags on like, but with me, it just kind of flows. I think one of the attractive natures of certain podcasts like Joe Rogan or like the, just the free flowing ones, 
is that when you have an interesting get, um, host, they can keep the podcast going in a way where it gets the guest becoming the main main force of the episode while keeping them engaged the entire time. You know, right. it's more about directing than it is about, I'm giving my tricks right now, but it's all about directing rather than it is about um, influencing yourself, you know, letting yourself be it. Right. It's also something that it, it has to, it truly does have to be organic if you want to have the guests, you know, interested in, Hey, you went out again, bro. God. Uh, anyway, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, people of Earth. Um, I guess what I was saying was, you know, if you're conducting interviews, it's important to have that set list of questions that you want to ask. Um, more so as just like a uh, like a roadmap of how you want to carry the conversation and, and how you want to keep things on track, but it, it does have to be organic, and you do have to keep questions flowing and, and keep them, you know, relevant to what you're talking about, rather than just changing directions, being like, "So, what you been working on lately?" All right, man, awesome. So anyway, tell me a little bit about this too. You know, it's like I don't want to just shift gears left and right. I want to keep, you know, it has to be a free flowing thing. And it also has to be fun and original. You know, it's like, I don't want to interview people and ask them specifically the same thing that they've been asked on the last four things they've done about yeah. if they're a musician, the, their new album coming up or whatever. I don't know. What's your favorite flavor Skittle? It's only shit like that. You know, it's people do interviews all the time and I feel like, you know, they probably somewhat dread them, but they understand them as, as necessary press and publication. Yeah. Oh, they can be fun too. It's like if you make it entertaining for them, then it's like, oh man, yeah. that was actually a good use of my time. I feel like that's always a good feeling. One of the things that makes me want to throw up is when I see these little clips of these podcasts, right? And they have these little niches and they'd be like, all right, final question. And then it's like the most like dog shit question I've ever heard, but it's like, it's a good question, but it's not the person saying it. And they're like, all right, final question. If you were a genie, what three wishes would you love to grant? It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, honestly, yeah. you need to be slapped in the mouth. Like, that's yeah. a horrible question. It's a good question, but not in this circumstance. Like, you you looked up what are good interesting questions to ask like you literally googled that you know plus it's like if, if you're a genie it's like what the fuck does granting wishes do for you you don't get anything i wouldn't want the wishes uh, granted. i mean if you're a genie then basically what you're saying is uh how do you want to twist someone's words to inevitably fuck them over no dead ass yeah like it's like oh i want a million dollars boom it's like oh well all that money has actually been stolen from a local bank and the police are, are currently actively <laughs> tracking you down dude you want to hear a joke i heard the other day yeah hit me <laughs> all right so a man walks into a bar okay and he's he tells the bartender hey so if i can show you something you've never seen before <laughs> if i can show you something that you've never seen before you have to give me a free drink right goes, okay yeah that's fine so in the left arm of the man he has a box and puts the box down to the bar and he opens the box he pulls out a little piano and behind it he pulls out a little man little 12-inch man. The man starts playing the piano, and the bartender goes, wow, that's incredible. I've never seen that before. Here's your free drink. Hey, by the way, how did you do that? And the man who walked in the bar goes, uh, a couple of days ago, I was walking by, and I saw, I saw this little lamp. So I rubbed it, and a genie came out, and he gave, me, he gave me three wishes. And he said, when I was done with it, give it to someone who did a good deed for me. So I thought I would give it to you. He goes, oh, thanks. So the bartender rubs it. And then all of a sudden, a bunch of a, a million ducks just started running around the bar. And he goes, what's wrong with this thing? I didn't wish for a million ducks. And the man who walked in the bar says, you think I asked for a 12-inch pianist? Ah. <laughs> Very good. Very you like, good. You like that joke? I like that joke. That's a great joke. <laughs> it's not my I like joke. That. I saw it on TikTok. I just thought it was funny. And and you know what else I saw on TikTok? I saw a joke about a guy on the other end of the bar. There's oh. a guy on the other end of the bar, right? And by the way, we should also start a podcast where it's just us telling each other jokes for about an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> Colin demands punchlines. <laughs> uh, 
So anyway, there's a guy on the other end of the bar. He's sitting there. He's having a couple of drinks. He's having a good time. He notices on the edge of the bar, there's a glass jar with filled with $50 bills. I mean, there has to be thousands of dollars in there in 50s. Just fucking stuffed. And he says to the bartender, he goes, yo, what's, what's up with that jar over there? A bartender goes, you got to put 50 bucks in, man, and then I'll tell you. So the guy's like, ah, what the fuck ever. All right. So he keeps drinking, and then he's like, ah, you know, man, curiosity has the best of them. And he puts 50 bucks in the jar. He goes, all right, I put the money in. Now tell me what's up with the jar. Bartender goes, all right, great. If you want to take that jar home with you and all the money inside of it, there's just three things we need you to do for the bar. First thing, stone-faced, you have to pound an entire bottle of scotch. One pull, then a, no expression, down the hatch. Second thing, there's a bulldog out back. He has a loose tooth. We need you to get that tooth out for us. Third thing, and the final thing, upstairs, there's a grandma up there, and she hasn't, uh, you know, she hasn't done the dirty in a while. We need you to go up there and show her a good time. So the guy's like, fuck that, and I'm not doing that shit. But he keeps drinking, and then after a while, he notices his tab's running up, and he goes, oh, fuck it, I could use the money. All right, give me the bottle of scotch. So the bartender gives him the bottle of scotch, gets down on one knee as promised. Glug, 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 does the entire bottle down, no expression on his face, blank face. Bartender goes, all right, man, great, that's step one. All right, step two, go on out back. So he goes out back, and they hear a bunch of pounding and kicking and screaming and yelling, and then after 20 minutes or so, the guy comes back in, and his clothes are all torn up, and he's covered in blood. And he goes, all right, that's done. Now where's the grandma with the loose tooth? Oh, dog fucking jokes. What a day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a million dog fucking jokes. <laughs> it's a field I consider myself Dude, an expert. TikTok is hilarious, bro. It's the only place where, like, you can find every single type of genre. Oh, yeah. Dude, I found I have so many really, really good, very inappropriate, terrible jokes that will soil my reputation if I say them on air, but. I will tell you a bunch once we stop recording. <laughs> so let's talk about Texas. I know you wanted to talk about Texas. Right, right. Everything's bigger in Texas, including the fucking COVID numbers after this week's <laughs> announcement. Yeah, that was insane. How do you think somebody like that, a, a governor of a state, justifies an unmask mandate during a pandemic? Well, I don't know anything about the Texas governor, but I envision him as Yosemite Sam. So I feel, I feel like uh, if you don't know who Yosemite Sam is, he's the guy with the big red mustache from Looney Tunes. It's always chasing down Bugs Bunny. No, I know who Yosemite Sam is. Okay, gotcha. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Texas is it's very it's very much Texas. I, I mean, I'm not saying that for the entire state because uh, I know there's a lots of places in Texas that are super progressive, like Austin, for example. From what I've seen online, a lot of Austinites that I follow on Twitter fucking hate this decision and a lot of other people in texas hate it too and i and I, from what i also understand i know it's not like you know mandatory by law every place yeah you know, places can still ask you to wear masks like it's it's not like you know if you run a business and ask someone to wear a mask we will shut you down versus you know if you run a business and you're not asking people we'll shut you down like everywhere else in the world um but uh yeah i don't know man i i uh, i feel like that experiment would have gone better in a place that's more desolate like if we would have chosen alaska but well i think there i don't think every single state had a mask mandate because if you go to utah i don't think they have a mask mandate um well i know you know there's a, there was that federal one in government buildings which i understand because they're government buildings but yeah, yeah. And, and as far as general public goes i'm not quite sure I know every place should have had one. And I know that lately COVID numbers have been on an extreme decrease, which is yeah. awesome. But that being said, it's like you don't get off the roller coaster when it's slowing down. You well, get off the roller coaster when it's stopped completely. Well, not only you know that, we saw a decrease in numbers from fe January to February. And then we, so, it flew in March, mid March to April because of uh, flu season in the spring, um, the cold season in the spring. And we're not there yet. So I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in the next few weeks with COVID because if it's true, what we're saying that um, you can't get COVID again, it might 
flip-flop and all the young people who are in college and going back to school right now might get sick because it's cold season again. It's allergy season. It's spring season. Right. Right. So. You know, yeah. I mean, well, like I said, we just got to wait and see, but I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, it's all up in the air. It's just like everything else this year. Um, you know, Texas is doing this, but at the same time we're rolling out more vaccinations. So yeah. it's, or rolling out more vaccines, should I say? More vaccinations are being taken place. So um, you know, well, yeah. uh, it's it's not my place to um, have all the answers for that. <sighs> so, a question I've had for you for a while. All right. <laughs> all right. Do you think that? Do you think that? Uh, a lot of your um, information or like things you're interested in comes from your dad because your dad does really cool things. Um. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. before that, before that, Jesus fucking Christ! What? Actually, God damn, Colin. Actually, before that, can you just give the listeners a a little um? background of what your dad does and everything uh yes my dad is a farmer he harvests lots of beets squash and rutabagas um no my uh my father has worked in media for um his entire life um well uh, you know not his entire life he spent 16 years freeloading like the rest of us but um you know uh he's uh he he started working um at a uh so Man, it's it's tough to tell this story because like it's there's like half of his career is like semi relevant, half it's not. I guess I'll just fucking stop rambling. Cut this shit out. I'll start over. <laughs> so um I'm leaving. It's just an unedited conversation. Alright, fuck it. Uh so my dad worked uh in the newspaper field, specifically as a sports columnist slash editor for God, 20 years, something like that. I mean, he did it. He worked for a paper in West Palm beach, Florida, when he lived there called the Palm beach post. And then when he moved out here in 1991, which is going to be 30 years this year in June, uh, he got a job at the Las Vegas sun. Um, and then from worked there for like my entire childhood and then transferred one year, worked for a company called the Greenspun media group directly. And then from the Greenspuns went and works at his current job, which is an ad agency called R&R partners in town. And he's been there for like 12 years, 12, 13, something like that. Um, and yeah, so through that, I've had a lot of opportunity to like witness firsthand, like him, like coming home late, like going, cause you'd have to go to like media events and things like that. And he'd have all of his like, you know, credentials on him and then show me all the photos, like famous people he met, like, in, you know, in the morning and, and shit like that. And uh, the main thing that's enabled me is, you know, I've always been really, really, really interested in music. Um, and my father, uh, through working all these events and just working in media in, in general, um, being on email blasts and things like that, um, you know, basically he was able to meet so many different people, whether they're, you know, direct promoters or whether they work for uh, PR groups or, if, you know, if they work for, if they represent, you know, they can play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon with it where uh, this person represents someone who's on the same label, so they kind of tie it in. Long story short, I've had a lot of opportunity over the course of my life to get a lot of, like, uh, comps into a lot of events and concerts that I've wanted to go to pretty much anywhere and i'm very 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 fortunate for that and i've uh i've tried to remain humble and take as many other people with me to shows that i i can because it's like i, I don't want to you know use my powers for good definitely in that regard um but i you know i remember being in elementary school riding around in my dad's old cadillac the velvet fog is what we called it because that was the name of the paint that was on the fucking thing it was like a wow it was sort of like the same color of, of the shirt you're wearing right now. It was like a maroon slash purple. And I remember ro rolling around to that, listening to 100.5 Jack FM. I believe it was 100.5. I think it was. I think it was, too. Yeah. Um, rolling around with my dad, listening to Jack FM. And like every time a song would come on, I would ask my dad, what's the name of the song? Hey, what what's the song called? You know, it's just like I just always had that hunger for it, and you know, my dad obviously introduced me to music. You know, when you're growing up as a kid, you listen to the shit your parents listen to. Uh, my mother was never really pop culture uh, oriented, so she never really listened to anything. And 
and never really had like certain movies playing, which I don't understand how. I don't get how you. I, I've never understood it, but you know, teach their own. Um, but yeah, so I've I developed that interest um, through that as, at a young age. But you know, like we, I don't listen to. I'm not a carbon copy. I don't listen to everything he listens to, and we don't have the exact same tastes and interests like to a T. But um, I think that there's definitely. A, I think that that planted the seed in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think my father planted a seed in me. Uh, I think that planted the seed in me, and then you know, as I grew up and and uh, explored my own uh, avenues, yeah. that kind of allowed that to grow into into what I'm doing now in the field that I'm currently in and the direction that I'm taking things. You know, I don't want to work in advertising per se. I don't. Who my ever dad is? Uh, my fucking father, apparently, loser. I don't know how I, you know, he, only, he only wanted to make enough money to pay for this house and give me a comfortable childhood. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, that's just that my dad was, you know, as interested as I am in, in music. You know, I have my entire room was covered in music posters yeah. and, and autographed things and, you know, signed CDs and shit. Um, my father was interested in sports, you know, growing up, a huge baseball WWE game. too, right? Yeah, pro wrestling, uh, football, all that shit. Um, so my dad became a sports writer. And it's just, it's, it's that simple. You know, you do what you love and if, if you do, you'll never work a day in your life. So, you know, yeah. that kind of a good quote, man. Honestly, you should, we should eat. We need to clip that because. Oh, that well, is, it's, yeah. Well, it's not my TikTok. quote. I mean, people no, say that not. all the time. Yeah. No, I know, but it's a good thing to say, to relate to people. Keep going though. Sure. Yeah. Listen to me, motherfuckers. You'll do well in life. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, that's just that. So I've, uh, you know, pursued my own avenues and, and made my own connections. And, and, you know, I think the one thing that, that I did pick up off of him that really helped me out is, is I, I learned the importance of networking. And I can't stress this enough to anyone who listens and to anyone that meets me. And, and you know this because that's all you do by making this podcast. It's all networking. You know, that's it. Reaching out to guests, meeting people, you know, they know someone who knows someone, you know, it's, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I'm not saying you don't know a lot. And I'm not saying school isn't important because it is mm-hmm. Go to school kids, but oh, I you know, know what if, you're saying. Yeah. If, if you want to grow, the biggest way to grow is just talk to people and just get connected. It's fascinating how that is. It's fascinating yeah. how that school that's all really education is though i mean it's people who are smart in something telling other people how they are smart and why they can't those other people can't be smart if you really think about it also anybody listening to this right now and thinks why the fuck does he always put on these dumbass glasses like i just want to strangle him when he puts them on motherfucker i'm colorblind bro so this these help me see color so when he thought when he was talking about my color i wanted to see the shirt i was wearing um and i haven't worn them in a while so just so you guys know, you guys are dickheads. I know they're not the greatest yeah. looking. It was glasses, a, but it was a beautiful baby blue Cadillac, just like the color of your sweater. Let's talk about um, <laughs> co- being colorblind for a second. Actually, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Talk to I me haven't about. I haven't worn these glasses in a while, and I, I I I see them in my dresser, and I always like think I was like I should wear those, but like every time I put them on, they just fascinate me, dude. I wouldn't if I were you, dude. I wouldn't live life without them. You know, I really. It's really wouldn't. easy not to, bro. It's really easy not to. Like, it's just like it doesn't. It doesn't affect me day to day. You know, not wearing these doesn't affect my day to day life. You know, it. What what affects me day to day is like decisions I make, how I think about the decisions I make, and how I go about my day. But wearing colorblind glasses doesn't really have an effect on that. So it's really easy to put it away and just let it just fade away. But every time I put them on, dude, like it just distinguishes color from each other. Like the best way I can describe being colorblind is like it kind of melds color together. And when you put these on, when I put these on, it just distinguishes like colors away from each other like they're just so different from each other it's oh, yeah. fascinating it's fascinating how like colors aren't the same you know like they don't all just kind of meld together right they're all different it's fascinating it's fascinating but i mean like they're all so similar too like yellow is so close to orange which is close to red i mean if you go on a spectrum it's like it, you know things very very slightly but also um you know yeah very extremely well not only that like yeah they're very similar but like think about it like they're very similar but you can tell the difference they're very similar and i can't tell the difference you know 
I think it's also very cool that your glasses. Do they? I mean, I'm sure they just naturally have like that that color lens on them, but they they match your shirt perfectly, and I think that's kind of baller. My girlfriend got these for me, and I remember the day I put them on, I was shocked, and I couldn't really like express how I was feeling because I couldn't really like explain it. And then I was I couldn't like stop. I stopped. I couldn't stop. Like I watched the fireworks and stuff because I got them for the New Year's. Sure. Um. I wouldn't. Yeah, I. I seriously, it's it's a new world at that point. I wouldn't ever take them off. You say that, bro. It's. I don't know. It's. It's. I don't know, bro. Honestly, let's talk about this for a second because I need to talk about this. I. I struggle with uh, mental health issues, you know, anxiety, especially and depression and everything. And so the last few months, it's been really hard for me, especially just being away from home during all this stuff and being forced to do things that I'm not really comfortable doing all the time. And not saying like you don't need to get out of comfort zone. It's just like, you know, it's, it's hard getting out of your comfort zone and doing things that you're not comfortable with, especially when you're, you're already fighting a battle with your head, you know? Right. And so like, the thing about like just being depressed, I don't know if you've ever struggled with depression. I hope you haven't, but it's like, it's like an, every single thing that that's bad that happens to you. It's just another reason why you should jump off a bridge, you know? And I say that in the slightest, I say that in the, in the slightest terms ever, because I know like suicide is a problem, but I'm saying that's what depression feels like. It feels like every little thing that happens to you bad. is just another reason why you're insignificant and why you don't need to be here, you know? Right. No, you know, I agreed. Um, you know, I, I have, I've never really opened up too much about it publicly. Um, obviously like your friends and close core know, but like, you know, I've, uh, I was, I was in therapy last year, you know, as recent as last year. And the only reason why I had to stop attending because it's really tough to find a good therapist and it's really hard. And that's also a deterrent because it's like, you know, if, if people are seeking help and they, and they finally, you know, find uh, the motivation and enthusiasm, because it is, it is a really big and hard thing to undertake. It's not as easy as it sounds just going out and finding someone and admitting all these flaws in yourself. Um, but once you finally find someone and you find up the strength to do it and you find someone and that therapist doesn't really stick with you, like it just doesn't really work and you guys don't have that connection – Oh my God, is it so fucking hard to find another one to even try to start again? Because it feels like it's like, well, that's hopeless and that's a lost cause. But, uh, but you know, it's like every therapist is different. Just like how not every human being that you ever meet in the world is going to be a friend to you. You're not going to strike up and create a friendship with every person that you ever bump into in a Walgreens or a coffee shop or, you know, it's just, it's, it's just like that. Some people are meant for you and some people aren't. And to find the ones that are meant for you to really help create change and create help it's almost herculean at times it's really really difficult um so yeah so like i said the only reason why i stopped attending is because i ran into an issue with my insurance which also fucking sucked and it crushed me and it sucked to the point where i was just like well fuck this and i just haven't gone back and and that's not me being stubborn and i probably should go back but you know through the eight or nine weeks that i did go you know it really did it helped change my perspective on things and i and i learned a lot about myself and you know, one of the things that she uh, we talked about with her was, you know, I like I, I my room that I was living in that I, I'm still in it's the same room. I have the same furniture since I was like 11, um, and it's just like she kind of said to me like, um, you know, what's what what's your space like that you live in? And I explained to her, and she's like, well, have you ever thought about changing your space up to kind of reflect where you are now? Match your maturity. Um, yeah, exactly. Because it's like it's if you're not surrounded by like, on the if you're not in totally living where you want to be up here, you're not living there. You know, in the space surrounding you. If that makes any sense, it's like your surroundings have to reflect where you are in life. If you want to see any progress, it's so hard to see progress in yourself and making career moves and shit, and then coming home and everything's the same as it was yesterday. You know, we always have to be living in tomorrow mm-hmm. if you want to make progress if you want to move forward. So in that it's, and that was one of the small things that I took from that. And, and I took the ball and I ran with it and it, it was hard. You know, I blew it off for months after it happened, but eventually I found my testicles and I went to Ikea and <laughs> I bought a bunch of shit and then I, I built it and then here I am, you know? Um, so, you know, it's just little things like that. And, and sometimes things take time, but what people have to realize is that uh, everyone's running their own race and it's not timed. 
because there is no gold medal at the end because you're not beating anybody else. You're only beating yourself. So everyone's running their own race in which they're only guaranteed a participation medal. <laughs> but because of that, you can finish that. What, and- hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What yeah. is the participation medal that you get at the end of life? <laughs> a death certificate? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's called the IRS. They come for you at the end of life, and they take all your fucking. No, I, I honestly though, I, on a real note, I think that participation medal is the birth certificate and the death certificate. Like your birth to life ratio is your participation medal. Like you lived, you did live. Right. You weren't, right. you didn't not exist. You did live. Right, and that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. you know, everyone runs the race because that's the only prize that is given. There is no need to take it any faster than you can handle you know it's like just run the race at your own speed pace yourself you know it's very easy in today's age of of social media to see people online that are your age that are so much more successful than you are and to compare yourself to them and for you to tear yourself down but you need to realize is that everyone that you see that's successful they've been working on something for longer than you have they have They've been working on shit since they were 16. Shit just doesn't drop out of the sky for them. It should be and, fuel. Right, exactly. It should be fuel. But, you know, and, and that's not always the case. But what you also have to realize is that, you know, you're not, to be, you're not meant to be everyone else. Uh, not everyone comes from the same situations in life and the same backgrounds. And you are perfectly on time for you. You don't have to live off of anyone else's schedule in the same way that nobody else has to live off of yours. You know, it's like everyone's life is their own life and, and what's meant to fall into place will fall into place. You know, um, if you're, if you're, like you said, it should be fuel. If you get upset and you get depressed about, you know, seeing someone that's more successful than you are at that point in your at that at the same point in your current life that, you know, just fucking go out there and get it. Just fucking stop, stop, mosing around i i get that it's not that easy i understand that but you know you gotta meet yourself halfway if you if you really want to get anywhere i mean it takes blood sweat and tears it does anything does anything does and and that's not just a fucking that's just not just a figure of speech those are ingredients you know that's that's necessary sitting around crying about it that's the tears part now you got to put in the blood and sweat you know Maybe not the blood. I mean, like, you know. One of the fascinating things that I learned about people is that complicated things make people stronger. And it's so – and things that they're afraid of. It's so, like, insignificant in the moment. You feel like it's the only thing that matters when you're afraid of something. You're like, I cannot do that. Like, I cannot do that. Or or you're like, like, no – I'm passing that on. I got to do this. I just want to be comfortable. But it's like when you do get in those discomfort levels and you, you're, you're afraid that is when the best you comes out, you know, it's, right. it's wild. It's, there's a happy medium though. Like you can't just let anxiety rule your life, but you also need to place yourself in anxiety moments so that you can get yourself stronger. Right. I agree. Um, yeah. But also, I, I think that you can't push those moments too. No, like, I can't. think that I think that everyone has their down days, and that when you're having a down day, you just gotta ride the wave. There's nothing you can yeah. do about it. No, you like, can't. There's, been, there's been so many times where I'd I'd, I'd re- woken up, I'd recognized depression in myself, um, and I all I wanted to do was lay in bed, and I've said no, fuck that. I'm gonna force myself to get out and some fresh air, go to get something to eat or whatever. And like I would go to a restaurant and sit down and I'd just sit down by myself and I would just be miserable. And I would just say, I just want to go home and go to bed. This is a fucking terrible decision. Yeah. And I think that's fine. And I think that's okay to do that. And you're not giving into yourself by giving yourself that time. If you work out regularly and you go to the gym and you lift weights and you bust your ass and you work arms, the next day you're going to be sore. The next day you're going to want to take a rest day and take that day off. Now, if you could go back and work legs, and then there's still things that you can do to remain productive during those days, but don't wear yourself out. Don't overdo it. Don't go back and work arms again. You know, it's, uh, it's okay to have those rest days because they, you know, we're resting. We're preparing for yeah. tomorrow when we're going to go out and kick ass. Um, also, I think that it's important when you're having days like that, too. It's like you also need to, you know, you need to, I, I find that. Uh, one of the things that always really helped me was to uh, create a, a just to get shit done to create any sort of feeling of accomplishment in yourself even if it's the smallest thing make a to-do list with three things on it wake up take a shower always number one 
Always number one. For whatever reason, I feel better after a shower. Number two, uh, mainly because I'm in love with the the image of myself naked. Um, number two, uh, just go out and, and go to the store, buy a snack. Because like, it's important to eat. Also, that's another thing that people don't talk, don't talk about during depression is how absent uh, appetite is. And that's that's a scary thing because that can lead to other things like eating disorders and things that will you know, long last whatever you're going through. Um, but anyway, yeah, make sure to go out and eat. That's always step two for me. And then step three is that's a flex spot, whatever you got. Tidy up your room if you can. Uh, send an email that you've been meaning to send. The littlest things can make you say, "Well, at least I, I did some shit today, and I wasn't just a, you know, I wasn't just totally out of my element and, and useless, and and maybe I wasn't as useless as I was telling myself that I was." That's the biggest thing. You have to create things to counteract what you're telling yourself in your head. You know, oh, I'm fucking miserable. I'm worthless. Well, maybe no, I'm not because I just did these things today that, you know, I, I mm. nobody nobody made me do them but me. So, <laughs> I like what you're saying, bro. Like, I feel it like deeper than you know. Um, I'm gonna give you a story. This is some crazy. This is a crazy story, honestly. A couple of days ago. I think it was, it might have even been yesterday. Maybe it was two days ago. I think it was Monday. I think it was Monday. Um, maybe Tuesday. No, I think it was Monday. I was driving and I, I've been feeling so depressed lately. Like, I, I, it's been bad. I've been struggling with some shit. And um, I was driving and I was just thinking about, like, I'm done. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I hate it, you know, and I was just driving and I went and got Dutch bros and I was just driving back and I was just feeling like insignificant, like nothing I did mattered. Um, I was just done, you know, with how I felt. And I was just like, I can't feel this way anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm done. And so I pull up to my house and my coach sends out this, my coach sends out this, this picture and stuff. And so every, every week there's four new guys who are like boxers of the week, you know, like just like guys who've been grinding on the football team. And I was one of those guys and I just looked and I saw myself and I was like, I just like, you know, I was just like, damn, yeah. No one's recognizing like how, like uh, how hard I work, you know? And, right. and I, I got like a little jolt of energy and that like helped me, you know, I was like, I, I really needed that. You know, I was like smiling and then I went inside and my friend, who has been dealing with depression and he's been dealing with some, I'm not going to say what he's been dealing with, but he, sure. his life is, uh, his life is tremendously like external causes. I'm, I'm not going to say in the head, it's easier than mine or anybody else's, but his life externally has been way harder than a lot of other people's. Right. And he was, he was going through it and like, he just sat there and like, he like vented to me and everything like that. And he was like, I'm done. You know, I was like, you can't say that, you know? And I like, I like, like told him why he was wrong and everything like that. And he started thinking about it, I think. And he was just like, all right. And, and it was good. You know, we had a great conversation. It was a very long conversation. And I thought to myself, you know, why can't we have those conversations with ourselves? You know, the conversation when someone's like, I'm done, I don't want to be here anymore when you're a friend, you know, you know, and you're like, right. don't talk like that. You know, it's like, imagine like how hurt everyone would be like you, you we need you here. You know, right. imagine if, imagine if like you, if you told yourself that, you know, 99.9% .9 of suicides would be prevented. If, if we had that internal voice telling us we mattered as much as we would tell our friends, they matter, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just that is, as I think that I speak for everyone that has mental health issues and, and maybe not everyone, but the majority of people, because yes, I'm sure there are some people out there that really just don't have any friends that are really all alone, but, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, that those people don't matter, but I'm just saying for the majority of us, I think that all of us are the first person to tell ourselves that we don't matter but simultaneously also the first person to tell our friends that they do matter. And those things can't coexist. They just can't, you know, I, when you're dealing with mental health issues and you have that feeling of, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to do this. Let's call it a spade a spade. I want to kill myself. Um, 
you have to put other people and other things above you because mm-hmm. when you're having those feelings, you're basically saying that I'm the only thing that matters right now. I'm my biggest problem. This is it. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to throw everything away because it's all about me. And you have to take a step back and, and realize that there are people that you have to put above you, whether it be your friends, your family, your significant other, your fucking dog, wheel of fortune every night at 7.30, whatever the hell you have in life that you gravitate and that you cling on to, you have to put above you. And I think the quickest way to, to kind of figure out what kind of those, what, what people or what things that, that uh, those things are going to be for each each and every one of us is to ask ourselves the question, do I love someone or what do I love? Because I guarantee you, if you ask any single person, do you love someone? The answer is going to be yes. They'll tell you who they love. And then, well, it's, it's simple enough that if you love someone, then somebody has to love you. That's just what it comes down to. Not necessarily, bro. I will say there are some circumstances where people love other people and nobody loves them. I don't know, man. I mean, I I think that everybody is loved by somebody, whether they recognize it or not, or at least they have been. I mean, have been at least. Yes, I agree. Have been at least. Maybe there there are people in situations where both their parents are gone and they don't have any fucking friends or whatever. But I mean, th- that's when the 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 dogs and the wheel of fortune at seven thirty and, and yeah. you know, your favorite book comes into play or whatever. It's like whatever you have to not let down and not disappoint. That's what you have to put above yourself. And I'm not saying you have to put yourself at the bottom of the list of things that are important to you, but I'm saying that you can't be number one. You just fucking can't be. Yeah. I had a feeling today. Oh, sorry. I was going to add on and say, I think that's the case for mentally healthy people too. I'm not just saying, you know, if you're, you know, if you go through the, if you've been through the ringer and you go through your emotions that, that, that applies to you only, if you're mentally healthy and you really do have a great self-image and things are going well and you feel happy in life, that's awesome. You still can't be number one. Don't be an egotistical prick. Always put yourself top five, never number one. So today I was sitting in class and I had one of those thoughts where I was like, God, this person is disgusting. You know, not in a bad way. Just like, how do you let that that happen? You know? Right. And... But then I started thinking how I've been feeling lately and how they must feel about themselves and how they probably feel like shit looking at themselves in the mirror and how they're probably going through something just as bad as I am, you know, maybe worse in their head. Right. And I thought, you know, maybe me thinking this isn't the greatest thing to think because I am, I call myself like fat sometimes and I'm not fat at all. Or like I call myself smelly one time and I'm not smelly and I call myself ugly sometimes and I'm not ugly, you know? Oh, dude, I'm definitely smelly sometimes. <laughs> there are so many times where it's like, you know, even like that list of to-do lists, like shower number one, it doesn't happen every day, you know, sometimes. And, and I'm, I, I, I'm, I try to keep it every day, but sometimes it just doesn't fucking happen. Sometimes you just don't, you ain't got the juice and you just got to relax and you just got to rest. You know I what? Think. I have to say this right now because I'm glad it's been happening lately and I don't think it happens enough. Do you know who the leading, like the majority of people who commit suicide are? Men. Uh, I was going to say men specifically in our age range, right? Men that are in their young adults. And it's because of this idea. You know, I'm going to fucking rant real quick. Shut the fuck up, liberals. Shut the fuck up. I get your guys' lives are hard. I get it. Everybody's lives are hard. But just because you're someone who has color to their skin, woman, maybe you don't identify with the normal gender um, means, does not mean straight white men fucking suck. I hate to say that. The leading cause of suicide, I'm not saying this just about white men, but I'm saying the leading cause of people who commit suicide are men. The number one people who commit suicide are men, right? In our age range. Sure. And me as somebody who is intelligent and stuff, I've countless times I've been in class and they have said something about my ethnicity or me being straight and a male. Like, I mean, obviously it's not the, like the worst, like derogatory, oppressive term, you know, (laughs) but like, like everyone's like it's okay. it's it's deemed okay, you know? 
to like be derogatory towards men. It's like, listen, I don't have the greatest time upstairs in my own head anyways. I don't need you bullshitting me. I get you don't either, but like that's what being a person is. And so men, and I'm going to go back to what I was saying, you know, I hate this idea that men have to be like strong and they can't show their emotions and that to be a man is to not ever have to deal with anything in your own head and not be afraid of anything because it's hard, you know? And, sure. and then also not to cut you off, but adding yeah. on what you're saying, when men do step out and they do show the softer side, softer in quotation marks side of themselves, they're ridiculed. You know, look at, uh, look at Harry Styles stepping out wearing a dress. Do you think That's he got applauded? By, I mean, yes. not necessarily. I think I mean, he got I, applauded. I, 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 he got applauded by some people, but I also saw, see him get torn down. It's a little different, but I mean, it's, it's along the same lines of, yeah. of men have to be strong and, 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 you know, men can't show a weak side of themselves. I think it's becoming easier. Like not that that's a week for Dak Prescott coming out and saying that he's been dealing with mental health. That was one of the coolest things I've ever heard because, you know, I could have used a professional athlete coming out and talking about mental health. Um, when I was in, when I was really bad dealing with in high school and um, middle school, Kevin yeah. finally did in 2016, but by that point, like I was already like head over heels, like dealing with it. Um, you know, mental health is something that is no one really, you know, I think it's like the leading. I I heard Theo Vaughn say this on one of his clips. I know, and this is true to me too. I know more people who have overdosed during COVID than have died by COVID. Sure. I know of at least three people who I, maybe I didn't know them particularly, but I knew like through them, through other people who passed away during COVID. Right. I knew one, Gabby. I was going to say one very recently. You know? I, I knew Gabby and we all did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, that other kid, um, Dylan through AV and all them there. He was close. Never met him, never even heard of him, Neither. but I'm sure he was sure he was a cool kid. I definitely heard of him. Uh, every, AV would always post him. And then you know, it's just I'm not saying he was a nobody. I'm just saying our paths yeah. never crossed. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure if I would have met him, I would have struck up a conversation with him. You know. And then my friend Matt, who's my roommate, one of my roommates, his one of his friends from back home passed away, um, <sighs> overdosing. Uh, I think there was one more that I'm forgetting, but like that's not because they're not passing away just because they're addicted to drugs. You get addicted to drugs because you're addicted to not feeling the pain you feel in your head. Really, right. You know, and I've dealt with people that I know passing away, you know, and one of the things that I've always thought is like, you know, maybe we should stop ridiculing people for their life decisions because we really don't know what's going on in their head. You know, life is hard. Life is suffering. Life is shitty. But like, we got to deal with that shit because like, when if you're gone and before you're supposed to be gone and never is the right time, but I mean like twenties is not the right time, right? You're gone before you're supposed to be gone. That shit's going to hurt everybody for the rest of their life. Sure. I mean, in some instances there are some silver linings to it. I'm not saying it's a good thing that anybody dies, but it's, you know, it, it can help motivate and inspire people to the list. Yeah, wake up calls and things like that for the people yeah. around them, but but man, it's it's also like that's even those silver linings are always making something out of nothing. I mean, that always sucks and and nobody nobody should go in their 20s, I agree. Certainly uh, by their own decision, let alone an external force like that, you know. Do you believe in God, Sal? Oh man, that's a that's a tricky one. Uh, I was never raised religious, so I never gravitated toward any religion. And I, yeah. I really, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with whoever listens. I really have no intent to become a religious man in the course of my life. I mean, if things change, things change with me. But I'm not an atheist, and I don't denounce anything. I just I let you know. I, if God is good for you, then God is good for you. I, I just mm-hmm. I haven't personally. Uh, there's there I've never made any personal connection to things, but um yeah. I also do think that uh I think things are a little too uh perfect. Too 
too complicated to just be uh, explained by what we know. It's like we don't have all the answers. Yeah. Simply put, things are a little too complicated in terms of like creationism and all that, and that's that's a whole other road to go down. But yeah. um, long story short, I believe that I don't denounce the existence. I believe there may be a god. I just I've never uh, I've never followed and I've never had any um, religious upbringing or any religious practice. But go on. So I've had some experiences with oh, God. Fuck, I hit my mic. You're good. It didn't. It wasn't loud. Sweet. <laughs> but I've had some experiences with God. Um, I'm pretty religious, I would say, and I talk to God when I can. But I usually talk to him in the bad times and really never in the good times, and I feel bad about that. But um, I've tried to be better. But If that ended abrupt for you guys, there will be a part two coming out soon. I'm sorry. I did clip out the last 15 to 20 minutes. Um, you know... It was really just me and, and Sal catching up at the end. I didn't really think you guys needed to hear that, all that. Um, if you guys liked our in-depth conversation, give this a like, share, download. Share this to six of your friends. Tell them why Colin Demand's Answers has the best new host. And as always, stay demanding.